Well, good morning. I think, uh, Damien, we need to give people a third option so they can stay at home on the couch, they can come to prayer meeting, or when the ad break is on, I want you to get up off the couch and do some push-ups or some sit-ups or some uh, squats or crunches or something. So they're your three options. Uh, maybe that'll entice you to come to prayer meeting. Or you'll get fit anyway, whatever. Uh, hey, I want to um, uh, just warn you, my face may be up on the screen there, um, and it's going to be huge, So, uh, and it's a bit scary. Um, if it's not up there, then it's, you, you, only, you don't see my face that, you, you know, from where you're sitting, you won't see it quite as... Uh, as good as, as you would if it was up there. So I just want to warn you that it might come up there. Uh, don't be scared. Uh, unfortunately, this is the face I was born with, so there's nothing I can do about it. Um, oh, there I am. Oh, it's not too big. Okay. Hey, uh, if you are a first-time visitor here today, we want to welcome you. Uh, thank you for coming and choosing to worship with us. Um, please make sure you come and see me. Say hello to me on the way out. I'd love to get to know you and, and meet you. If you are a returning visitor, if this is your second or third or fourth time here, welcome back. We're glad that you can be here. And if you're a member, well, we love you. And we're, we're so happy that you could be here and, and join us today. Um, I'm blessed to be here and to be able to open up the Bible with you. This is part of the service where we get to open up God's Word, open up the Bible, and I get to share some thoughts with you, thoughts that God has placed on my heart in this week. So uh, I'm very excited, and, uh, and uh, it's a huge privilege for me to be able to share with you. So I hope that you are blessed as we open up God's Word. Before we do that, let's take a moment and pray. Father, thank you for life. Thank you for the greatest gift of all, the gift of Jesus Christ, and that through him we have the assurance and the hope of eternal life. As we open up your word this morning, we ask that you fulfill your promise, that you speak to us through it. May your spirit be here, touch our hearts, touch our lives. May I speak clearly, I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. So I have a confession, as a child and a teenager, I enjoyed reading and collecting comics. I think that's all I read. I didn't read any other books, uh, unless it had Spider-Man or Batman or Superman on the cover, I wasn't interested. They were my three favourite superheroes, by the way. So I love comics. A few years ago, I went to Movie World on the Gold Coast and I just love the whole theatrics of movie world. I really get into it. Uh, I'm just like a big kid there. I love the rides. Um, there's actors there that are dressed as superheroes. Maybe some of you have been to movie world before. And they perform in shows and you can get photos with them. I think I have a photo here of my girl, um, there she is, that's my little girl there, with the Flash and uh, Wonder Woman, Supergirl and the Green Lantern. You can tell I know my superheroes. 
There's a lot of rides there, as I said, and there's, these are some of the rides. There's the Superman ride. There's the Green Lantern ride. That's the Batman ride, which just goes straight up and then drops down. Um, you don't want to have anything to eat before you get on that one. Um, there's another ride there. Uh, I'm not sure what that's, that's, I don't know what that one is. And there's a, a building there. I think that was the Justice League ride. There's a building there. It's called the Hall of Justice. Now, recently, uh, a movie came out called the Justice League, and it's about the superheroes. And these superheroes form this team called the Justice League. And their headquarters is the Hall of Justice. And they've recreated this building there at Movie World. So I was really excited. It's the governing body of the superheroes. And their purpose is to protect the inhabitants of the earth, of the earth from supervillains and from crime and injustice and from the threat of aliens. Inside the Hall of Justice, there are these banners, and this is up at Movie World. That's on the floor. It's called, as you can see there, it has Justice League, Hall of Justice. And they have these banners around the building, in the building there. And on the banners are these words, hope, truth, honour, equality, and justice, and I think there was one more, courage. That is what the Justice League stood for. That's their values, that's their banners. And as I stood there, looking through this building, I thought, what if our church building was called the Hall of Grace? What if every one of us were part God's, let's say, reconciliation league? Let's say, what if every one of us were God's superheroes? And if so, if this was the hall of grace, if you were part of God's reconciliation league, what would our banners say? What would be our ethos? What would be our mission and our purpose? Well, I believe that this is supposed to be the hall of grace. I believe that you and I are God's superheroes. We may not feel like it at times. And I believe that we are part of the League of Reconciliation. And if we had banners, I believe we would have four banners and this is what they would say. Our four banners, oh, that's a bit skewed. But our four banners would have these words. Seeking, saving, serving, sacrificing. That's why we are here. As a church community, as the body of Christ, as His hall of grace, as His reconciliation league, 
I believe these are our values, this is our ethos, our mission, our purpose. We are here to seek, to save, to serve and to sacrifice for each other and for the lost. These are our marching orders and more than orders, these is our great privilege. This is our mission and this is why we're here. In the Bible, we discover that this was Jesus' mission. That's why he came to the earth. He came to seek, to save, to serve and to sacrifice. This is not something I've come up with on my own. I'm not that smart. I just got it from the mission of Jesus. And I think this is our mission, our purpose, our privilege. We find this in two verses. So if you have a Bible with you, Turn with me to our first verse, it's found in Luke, it's in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke and then John, so we go to Luke in the New Testament, chapter 19, Luke chapter 19, and if you're there, say Amen, alright, Luke chapter 19, Verse 10, this is Jesus speaking and he says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. They're our first two banners, seeking and saving. Our first two banners are found here in Jesus' words describing his mission. He says, I'm here to seek and to save that which was lost. Our second two banners are found in the book of Matthew, so turn back, Matthew chapter 20, and verse 28, and again if you're there, just say Amen, alright, thank you, verse, Matthew chapter 20, and verse 28, again Jesus is speaking, and He says, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, there's our fourth banner, and to give his life a ransom for many. There's the sacrifice in part. Seeking, saving, serving, sacrifice. Sacrificing. That's why we're here. That's our purpose. That's what would be on our banners. And we get that from the life and the, the ministry of Jesus. So let's unpack these four today. Let's start with seeking. First, the thing is, You know, Jesus never told us to stay. He asked us to go. To go to the ends of the earth, to seek the lost and to share the love of God and the truth with them. He said, just before he returned to heaven, Jesus said at the end of Matthew, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always. I love that. I am with you always, Jesus reminds us, even to the very end of the age. We are told, or we are to do all that we can to meet people, to go, to go where they are, to create opportunities to interact with people and the community. I believe that people, that all people, are by nature 
spiritual beings with spiritual interests, with spiritual inclinations and questions. I believe that some people who, however, just don't know that they're spiritual beings. Many people don't know that. Others are taught to maybe downplay or to deny their spirituality. Um, Others are spiritually lost, but there's a spiritual longing and hunger in every human being. And those longings are there. And like miners looking for gold, we need to find and help people uncover their spiritual interest or their their spirituality. And this happens through friendship, through social connections at school, at work, uh, really wherever you are. We need to find ways to awaken and discover spiritual interest in people. And Jesus promises to be with us. We're not alone in this. When he says go, he says I'm with you. And so as we pray and ask for the Holy Spirit, he will be with us. We used to live up north, up near um, Coffs Harbour. Around the same time that Pastor Abel was there, so We've known each other for a long time. And when we moved, we lived in this little cul-de-sac. When we moved, our neighbours actually said to, to me and to my wife, why don't we start a church here in our street so you can stay? Because we had just developed such a great friendship with these folk. We, we, we all trusted each other and they really respected us. We've got to look for opportunities to meet people where they're at, to awaken their spiritual interest. In Matthew chapter 9, we're there, so just go back uh, a few chapters. Matthew chapter 9, starting in verse 35. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. And it says, Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion for them, because they were weary and scattered, like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the labourers are few. The labourers are few. You know, Jesus is saying there are plenty of people out there who are searching. There's a lot of people out there that, that are wondering, asking the deep questions about life. But they just don't know where to look or what to do. The problem is, that there's not enough people looking for them and sharing God's love with them. The solution? Pray. Verse 38, Jesus says, Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers. You know, I love what you're saying, uh, Damien, about prayer and encouraging everyone to come. 
we've started a Monday morning 6am prayer group. The leaders, our leadership team have been invited to phone in on this conference call and to connect and on Monday mornings at 6am we are praying from 6 to 7.30 and it's, it's been really good. Hey Damien, you know some, some people are driving to work and, and they're able to call in and pray at, with us and it's just been a real blessing. Um, we've just really, really enjoyed our time together. Jesus says pray because there's people out there and they're, they're looking, they're searching in his book, um, Radical Reformation, by Mark Driscoll, he talks about Paul on Mars Hill. And he says this, Courageously, Paul stood alone to proclaim the gospel, beginning by respectfully establishing common ground with his hearers so he could work from their culture to the scriptures. His method was the reverse of his approach in the synagogue where he worked from the scriptures to the culture. So to the Jews, he's saying, when Paul spoke to the Jews, he started with a scripture and then he moved from there. But with the, the, the crazy Greeks, right? I can say that because I'm a crazy Greek. With the Greeks, he started with their culture and then he moved from their culture to the Scripture. He found a common ground. He says there, he noted that the Athenians were a spiritual people, as was he, but he also noted that their spirituality did not include an understanding of who God is. Like people in our own day, the Athenians were very spiritual, yet in their ignorance embraced pluralism and a wide assortment of gods. A popular saying from Petronius was, it is easier to find a god in Athens than a man. Because there were so many gods that they worshipped there. Now he goes on. This is really cool, this part. Um, Paul also embraced the aspects of their culture that were helpful to his mission. For example, Paul quoted uh, Epimenides, who had written of the Greek god Zeus, in him we live and move and have our being. Does that sound familiar? Paul's quoting the, some of their writers. Paul also quoted the Greek poet Eratus, who wrote of Zeus approximately 300 years before, we are his offspring. In so doing, Paul affirmed some of their spiritual concepts, but showed that they were wrongly applied to Zeus and should instead be applied to Jesus. Do you see that? He starts with their culture, he meets them where they're at, he finds some common ground, and then he goes, hey, you're a little mistaken here. What you apply to Zeus and these gods actually should be applied to Jesus, the Creator. I love that. He goes on, and this is the challenging part. In our day, this would be akin to unearthing partial truths about God from a culture's film, music, comedy, sports, literature, theatre, philosophy, economics, medicine or politics, and working from those truths 
to the truth of Jesus as the ultimate answer to all human questions and cultural problems. That's the challenge. That's the challenge as we go out there seeking. All right, let's move on. Time's getting away. Saving. The second banner, saving. The church, of course, doesn't save anyone. It's Jesus who saves. Before he left, though, Jesus established the church to be the body of Christ, his representative in the world. That's you, that's me. We don't save, but we can be the love of Jesus in our family, among our friends, in our respective communities. We can introduce people to him, the only saviour. In Acts chapter 4, verse 12, Peter said, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved except Jesus Christ. That's the name. We are to point people to Jesus, their saviour, the saviour of the world. And the truth is that if you are a member, then you're a missionary. God saves us and then he sends us to tell others about him. Ellen White in Acts of the Apostles, right at the start, page 9, she says this, the church is God's appointed appointed agency for the salvation of men. It was organised for service and its mission is to carry the gospel to the world. From the beginning, it has been God's plan that through his church shall be reflected to the world his fullness and his sufficiency. The members of the church, those whom he has called out of darkness into his marvellous light, are to show forth his glory. The church is a repository of the riches of the grace of Christ and through the church will eventually be made manifest, manifest even to the principalities and powers in heavenly places, the final and full display of the love of God. Saving. He has established this church for a purpose. Avondale Memorial Church is here to save, to seek, to save, to call people into relationship with Jesus Christ. And we are in the business of saving by displaying the love of God wherever we are. That's why we're here. Let's quickly move on. Serving. Serving. Seeking, saving, serving. You know, the New Testament is filled with commands about how we should serve one another and treat one another. I'm going to just quickly share a few with you. John 13, 34, 35, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Romans 12, 10, be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourselves. Romans 12, 16, live in harmony with one another. Romans 14, 13, stop passing judgment on one another. Romans 15, 17, accept one another. Romans 15, 14, instruct one another. Romans 16, 16, greet one another with a holy kiss. 1 Corinthians 1, 10, agree with one another. Galatians 5, 13, serve one another. Ephesians 4, 2, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another. Bear with me, we haven't finished yet. Ephesians 4, 32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other 
just as in Christ God forgave you. Ephesians 5.19, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit. Ephesians 5.21, submit to one another. Philippians 2.5, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, encourage one another and build each other up. Hebrews 10, 24 to 25, let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. James 4, 11, do not slander one another. James 5, 9, don't grumble against one another. 1 Peter 3, 8, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. 1 Peter 4.9, offer hospitality to one another. And finally, 1 John 4.11, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Did you get that? There was a theme kind of running through those verses. I don't know if you picked up on that. These verses are not just about how we treat other church members, but every person we come in contact with. Because Jesus' sacrifice wasn't just for the church, it was for everyone. And if Jesus was anything, he was a, he was a servant, he was a servant leader. He led by example and influence, not by position and power. And he had the power and the position. And today, the church, we are offered the privilege of service as well, serving others, to feed the hungry, to give water to the thirsty, to clothe the naked, to shelter the homeless, to parent the orphan, to encourage the widow, and, and so and so much more. Service is the business of the church because. It was the business of Jesus. And any true church is in some way seeking to serve and better its community. Okay. Finally, sacrifice it. If we had four banners, they would say, seeking, saving, serving, sacrificing. You know, Jesus, of course, literally sacrificed himself. He gave up his life for us. He took upon himself our sin, the sin of the world, so that we might be saved. He takes our place and in exchange, we receive eternal life. The great question, you know, I can't go ahead without asking, have you accepted that gift of eternal life? that gift that Jesus hands out to you and offers you. But before he sacrificed his life, he he sacrificed his time, his talents, his resources, his energy, everything. And we as a church are called to do the same, to live lives of sacrificial sincerity, denying ourselves the things that we might love, the things that we want in order to bless others. I believe that in giving we truly receive. Life 
peace comes when we give, not when we seek to keep and gain as much for ourselves. You know, Jesus said, what good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet yet forfeit their soul? A friend of mine, I'm I'm a a Seventh-day Adventist Christian today because of my friend um, Nick. And uh, we both actually at the same time in our 20s started to, you know, we opened up the Bible and started this, this journey of searching and discovering who we were and who God is. And it happened at the same time, kind of independent of each other, but, you know, we kind of, uh, it happened together as well in a way. But uh, my friend Nick kind of really struggled, and I'll share my story with you another time. It was a real miracle, uh, the way that it all came about. Well, my friend Nick really struggled. He was going through some really hard times. And, <clears throat> excuse me, and he was about to kind of throw, throw the whole God thing away, you know, throw Christianity and God away and just go back to that life that we were living before. And he, he, I saw him one evening and his face was white. And I'm like, what's happened? What's, what's going on? And he handed me this paper and on the paper it had that verse that I just read, what good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? And he said to me, I was standing at the train station, just waiting for the train, and he said, this lady came through the crowd, I've never seen her before, don't know who she is, and she came straight through the crowd, and she walked straight up to me, and she handed me this paper. And he said, she looked like she was homeless, and then she just turned and walked away. And that's what was on the paper. You know, he was going through this, this internal struggle, trying to figure out whether he should stay or, or leave. And, 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 you know, I believe that was God just trying to reach out to him saying, don't give up, Nick. Don't give up, just hang in there. Unfortunately, my friend Nick kind of threw Christianity and everything away and ended up in a, in a really terrible place, uh, ended up in jail. Um, yeah, it's, it's a long story, but, you know, God is so good because 20 years later, he's come back to Christ. God never gave up on him. And such, it's, it's really good. We've, we've always kept in touch through that time. But, you know, Jesus is here speaking and, and he's saying, hey, True happiness is found in serving others. And it's not always easy, but it's always worth it. It's always worth it. You know, C.S. Lewis wrote, the church exists for nothing else but to draw people into Christ. If they are not doing that, All the cathedrals, clergy, missions, sermons, even the Bible itself are simply a waste of time. God became human for no other purpose. It's a bold statement. The church exists for nothing else but to draw people into Christ. That's why we're here. We exist to make disciples. Our life as one family, as one church, is meant to bring the transforming power of Jesus Christ into our community, to change people's lives. Another author said this, 
If your gospel isn't touching others, it hasn't touched you. If your gospel hasn't touched others, it hasn't touched you. Touched by the gospel, we have the opportunity to touch the lives and to change the lives of the people around us for good. I believe that this is the hall of grace. That grace should abound in this place. I believe that we are the hall of reconciliation and the banners representing our values, our ethos or our mission would have the words seeking, saving, serving and sacrificing written on them. That's why we're here. These are our marching orders. This is our great privilege. This is our mission. This is why Avondale Memorial Church exists. You are all his heroes. God bless you.